Hello and welcome to A Mighty Practice, a podcast about how to identify and overcome your creative roadblocks. I'm your host, artist and coach, Christine Garvey. In each episode, I'll share challenges I've encountered in my own creative practice over the last 15 years and techniques I've developed to work through them. If you're feeling blocked, frustrated, or overwhelmed in your creative work and you don't know where to go, you are not alone, my friends, and you're in the right place. Hello, podcast listeners. How are you? Happy fall. It's my favorite season of the year. I love fall. I live in Texas. We don't really have a fall here, but I'm from the Northeast and fall is the best. If you're living in the Northeast, I hope you're enjoying the beautiful changing of seasons. Ugh, go apple picking for me. That sounds so nice. I hope you're doing well wherever you are. I have lots to talk to you about today. Uh, First thing, we're starting our 12-week coaching program this week, and I'm so excited about my groups. Hey, groups, if you're listening to this episode, so excited to dig into the work we're going to do, uncover some blocks, make some art, talk about it, do some bonding. It's going to be a great 12 weeks, and I hope to share some of the things that come up along the way. The other thing we have going on um, at the school this coming month is our artist speed dating event. I call it speed dating. What you, you could call it artist chit chat, artist meet and greet, whatever you want to call it. It is an event where everyone in the Amity Practice community comes together and you can hop on a Zoom call and meet three other artists who share your values and talk to them in a one-on-one chat for about 10 to 12 minutes. So it's really personal and it's a way to meet people who listen to this podcast, meet people who are maybe struggling with the same things as you, talk about your work, talk about your challenges, what you got going on, maybe find potential collaborators. And the cool thing is, is that I open it up to people who are not a part of the school because I really want to encourage artists to meet each other and have a broader dialogue about these things. So if you want to join us, that would be great. It's October 10th and it is from 12 to 1 p.m. Central Time. So Austin, Texas time. And I hope that we see you there. The link to sign up will be in the show notes. And for our members, that event is free. So you can just join us and we'll see you there. Cool. So today we are going to talk about a question or uh, a comment I get a lot in my work as a coach. And that is this question of what do you do when you feel like you don't have a medium that you are good at? I can't tell you how many times people come to me and they say, I don't have a medium that I'm good at. I'm not like an expert oil painter. I'm not an expert ceramicist. If I had a dollar for every time somebody said that to me, I'd be filthy rich. (laughs) And, And the amazing thing about it is you do have a medium. It's the block that you have around approaching a medium that might come natural to your concept of what it means to make work seriously, what kind of work artists are supposed to be making, what it means to have a medium. There's a lot of like blocks around that. So I'm going to break some of that down 
and have you look at this idea of help I don't have a medium I'm good at with uh, through a different lens and give you some exercises to dig into the way that you might want to make things okay so when we say uh, we don't have a medium what do we mean by a medium exactly what is a medium a medium is the vehicle that you express your ideas through it's a vehicle through which you express your ideas now this could be you know traditionally maybe this was for some artists this was like oil painting or drawing ceramic sculpture the traditional model of art school was that you might have a technical inclination to draw or paint or sculpt whatever and you would go to school to develop these technical skills and you would do that work first and develop some type of mastery and then you might figure out what you want to say in that medium now this model it doesn't work for many people I have seen it, I have felt the struggle with it myself, I have seen it with my students, right? A lot of times people who, who really put an emphasis on that technical mastery up front never really create space for their ideas to come out, for their personality to come out, to their, their voice, anything they might want to say in that medium because they feel like they have to be a master and learn all these skills very strongly first before they can say what they want to say. So they're not developing that like uh, that communication piece, that personal communication piece, right? What they might want to say with their work. Um, so that sometimes pe people can get really, really blocked around that, right? And you you have you might have a block like that where you believe that if you are not an oil painting master, if you are not a master at making sculptures, then you do not have permission to explore your ideas. You have to develop these technical skills first and then you can explore your ideas. I am here to say that it does not have to be that way. Okay, so whew, just like take that burden off of yourself. And you do have a medium, right? What you don't have maybe is your technique. You haven't discovered your technique yet. You haven't invented your technique yet. Okay, and that is what you do through a practice. Every artist has to discover, invent, claim their own technique. And it doesn't have to necessarily be in the realm of painting, sculpture, ceramics, right? Your, your technique could be doing rubbings of sewer grates. It could be moving your body. It could be collecting trash and making something from it. It could be sewing, right? And it can be any technique that you want to develop. But you have to explore what you gravitate towards, the mediums that you naturally gravitate towards, and through that, you will claim and discover your technique, okay? So let's look at this, um, this block around mediums. And I think that when, when I hear this phrase from students, I don't have a medium I'm good at, I hear kind of two different sides to that uh, block. There's kind of like two different approaches to that block. And whichever one you, whichever channel you kind of identify with, you know, I'll give you an exercise to, to look at it through a different lens. So when we have this block and it says, I don't have a medium I'm good at, it usually means one of two things. The first is what you're really saying when you say I don't have a medium I'm good at is that I believe my ideas must show up in a certain form in order to be taken seriously, 
to be considered real art. And you might be discrediting any natural inclination you have in your making practice, right? So the block is really, I think my ideas have to show up in these traditional forms and in a, in a very masterful painting and in, a, in a, like a perfectly made ceramic bowl. And if it doesn't show up in that way, then it's not real art. Then no one will take it seriously. Then it's not good enough. I'm not a real artist. Okay? So that's kind of one piece to that. Or when someone says, I don't have a medium I'm good at, what they might be really saying is, I really want to get good at a particular medium. I'm really excited by a particular medium. I would love to make something in ceramic. I'm like obsessed with the medium. But I am so scared to get started. I am so scared to enter that world. It's very intimidating to me. And so I kind of discredit myself and I push myself away and I make myself small and I don't try it. Okay, so those are kind of two different ways to look at that block. Let's look at the first one. So the first one is, um, I believe my ideas must show up in a certain form in order to be taken seriously to be considered real art. So when I say I don't have a medium I'm good at, what I'm really saying is I um, believe my ideas have to show up in a certain way in order to be real art. Okay, if you identify with this feeling, the first thing you have to do is ask yourself, where does this notion come from? Who served you this idea? Was it art school? Did you go to art school and did you get this feeling from your professors that real art looks a certain way? Was it from peers? Was it from a sibling? Was it from seeing certain works in certain institutions? Was it conversations that you're having? Was it Instagram? Wherever you feel like you have been delivered that idea, where does that idea come from? Okay. Oftentimes when we feel um, really stuck, it's because we have a model that we have been shown that is no longer working for us. It's a model that we no longer can follow. It is not in alignment with what we want to make and do and who we want to be in the world, right? So you have to look for a new model. If you feel like my work's not going to be taken seriously unless it's hyper-realistic oil painting, well, there are lots of examples of very, very different looking work. And I will give you one artist who I think is amazing and there is no no class in art school that this guy could have taken to figure out his work. Uh, this artist, his name is El Anatsui. He is an artist from Ghana and I will link to his work in the show notes because it is gorgeous. And if you're in Texas, he has a piece in um, the MFA in Houston and I think he has some work in the Met in New York. It's what he makes are big tapestries that are made out of trash, that are made out of bottle tops that he found on the ground in his hometown. And he weaves these pieces of trash, these beautiful kind of metal caps to bottles, and he makes them into these almost sculptural like tapestries so they're shining and they're like almost like you know feels like a wave on a wall gorgeous right there is nothing that he he had to discover this technique for himself 
And maybe it was a technique of mending, of sewing, of gathering. He, he figured that out, right? Because he was paying attention to something, which was these pieces of trash on the ground and their materiality. And then he, through that act of paying attention, he created a technique, he created a medium to make his work in, okay? So he is an example of a model that might be useful to you. What other models, um, what other examples can you find out there that says that art doesn't have to show up in that way? Art can show up in lots of different ways. It can show up in a flyer hanging in your town. It can show up in a really rudimentary, uh, you know, ceramic sculpture. It can show up as just like a movement in the street. It can show up however you fucking want it to show up. So are your models outdated? Do you need to revisit them? And I want you to think about what your technique could be. Because you know what? You have one. That's a super cool thing. And a good exercise for you to think about what your technique, a technique that you're already doing in your work every day, that you just have to validate, could be, is to look at your verbs. So I want you to take a minute and think about what are some of the verbs of your creative life? What do you spend your time doing? You're making, you know? Is your verb, uh, is it doodling? Is it mapping? Is it pasting? Is it carving? Is it moving? Is it mending? Confessing? Organizing? Right? What are your creative tendencies? Your play strategies, which I talk about in an episode on play. What are those things? Those are the foundations of your potential technique. And you just have to spend time with it right? You have to spend some hours doing that mending, seeing where it leads you, doing that pasting, that organizing, that confessing, any of those things. So what are your verbs? What do you naturally spend time doing? And can you discover your technique from there, right? Change your belief around what it means to make quote unquote real art. See where it takes you. Lead with the material, lead with the technique. And through that, that that kind of like paying attention and spending time with your work, you're going to figure out what you want to say, right? Because it will be there once you have spent some time with the work that you have made. Okay, so if you identified with that block, give that exercise around looking at your verbs and spending time with them, making things, figuring out what you're paying attention to, because there's something there. You do have a medium, okay? The other side of this block is that when someone says, I don't have a medium I'm good at, what they might really be saying is, I really want to get good at a particular medium because it's exciting to me, but I'm scared to get started. I feel intimidated by people who are already so masterful in this medium that I, I don't really know where to begin. The question you would ask yourself here is how can you lower the stakes? The stakes are too high because you're comparing yourself to people who have probably been working in this medium for a very long time. And you think if I don't show up and immediately make, you know, the most gorgeous, you know, woven basket, whatever it is, then you're doing it wrong. I will give you a personal story. I wanted to... Um, 
again, I'm not like a super sculptural person, but I really wanted to take a ceramics class. This was like a few years ago. And I was like, you know what? No problem. I, I teach art. I'm sure I can show up. I was like overconfident. And I, I'm like, I'm sure I can show up to a ceramics class and I'm going to be like awesome at the wheel, whatever. It, it was a disaster. <laughs> like I, I took like a local uh, ceramics class at a local um, art center and I was terrible. It was a disaster. I think I made the saddest bowls of my life. And uh, I was very overwhelmed by the wheel. It was a total mess. And, you know, it was humbling, but I, I kept going. I learned a little bit more. And as a way to lower the stakes for myself, I just started with what kind of I would say is like the second grade level entry point, second grade level skills uh, in order to get started, in order to like build my confidence. So I just started doing, when I got overwhelmed, when I said I don't know what I'm doing, I just started making pinch pots. I started making like, you know, little eyeballs and little like squiggly things, things that a second grader could do with clay. And doing that built my confidence. It helped me explore what the clay, uh, might, what about the clay might be interesting for me. Right, So I lowered the stakes, I lowered the bar, and I just let myself get into the medium as a way to get my footing. So for you, how can you lower the stakes? If there is a medium you want to try, and it feels very overwhelming to get into oil painting, what is the lowest possible uh, entry point you can set for yourself? Is it just trying out, um, you know, some water-based painting? On some paper? Is it making something really small? Is it, you know, going to the store and asking somebody to tell you about the paints and what you could buy? Like what is, what's the easiest way that you can get yourself started, right? So you're not overwhelmed and you can just take those tiny baby steps, build some confidence, and then eventually take yourself to that next step of maybe it's a class. Maybe you ask for help in some way, right? Start small and build from there. Okay, so as a little review, when you say, I don't have a medium I'm good at, I want you to consider, is this because you, you have been handed an idea of what real art looks like? And if your ideas are not showing up in that form, uh, you're not going to be taken seriously. You're not going to take yourself seriously. If that's happening, can you look at for a new model that's going to give you permission? Ellen Atsui, working with the, the discarded bottle, bottle tops and building, building something out of that. Okay, look for a new model that's going to make you feel excited to make in the way that feels natural to you. When you say you don't have a medium, I want you to look at your verbs. Look at the stuff you are already doing in your studio. Mending, confessing writing, doodling, collaging, whatever it is, you do have a medium. You just don't have technique yet. Technique comes from time. Discover that technique by spending time with your work. Can you spend a hundred hours with it? Make things, develop that technique in those a hundred hours, right? And then you will start understanding what you're paying attention to and what you want to say with that medium, with that technique you've developed. Okay. And then the last one, 
if there is a medium, uh, you know, that you really want to jump into and it feels scary, go back to second grade. What's the least scary way you can start to introduce yourself to that medium and build confidence and build familiarity? The most important thing is for you to get your hands into it. Get out of your head and get into your hands, my friends, and start making things. All right, that's it for today. I hope we see you on October 10th at the Artist Speed Dating Night. Come meet me. Come meet some artists. And uh, I will link to that in the show notes. Have a great week, y'all. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. If you want to dig deeper into some of the ideas we talked about here today, you have to come check out my new school for artists at amightypractice.com. We offer classes and coaching to give artists of all levels what they need to get started and stay motivated in their creative work. Find out more by going to amightypractice.com or stay in touch with what we're doing by signing up for our bi-weekly newsletter. Thanks, y'all.